And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, your host of today's episode of Startup Hustle, covering all things e-commerce, Amazon, entrepreneurship. Remember, this is a podcast by founders for founders. So uh without further ado i'd like to bring in our guest for today's show isabella welcome to the show thank you andrew i've been looking forward to this podcast for a long time ever since i met you yeah well welcome um you know i think i've already been on your show at least once we're gonna have to have a few more of these but uh, just for everybody listening isabella hamilton is the founder of rank bell we're gonna get into what rank bell does and um you know how it can help you increase your amazon sales rank but uh, this wouldn't be Startup Hustle without talking about the founders, why, and um, you know why she got into this business and some of her stories. So before we get started, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Isabel, let's start at the beginning. Like, uh, I think we have some things in common in regards to like you know not um, growing up here as a as a young person, but I would love to hear in your own words like some of your origin story and. Um, did you always know you're going to be an entrepreneur? Like, you know, what was your first thing you kind of got into that really just, you know, lighted a fire in you? Oh my goodness. That's how far we're, we're going, right? Yeah. I want to go as far back as you want. I love it. Well, I have all the time in the world. We always make time for important things, right? So this is very important. I always love sharing my story and it always comes out not exactly the same. I mean, the facts remain the same, but it's like the energy from the interviewer is what guides the conversation. So I always look forward to that. Like, how is this one going to be? So thank you uh, for bringing me on. I am from Romania. So I definitely grew up very different than somebody growing up in US. And I've always wondered why I had to be born in Romania and yeah. not a place like here. And, you know, I, I used to be mad at the fact that I didn't have what other kids would have in other countries, such as America. So I grew up kind of like, in that sense of like, I was very happy being there. But it was always like, why, why, why could I not have been born in another country where it's easier, where I don't have to struggle as much. But now looking back, now that I live in U.S., I'm like, you know what? That was such a great experience because that journey has taken me from that place to where I'm at right now. Training ground. So for, so for those listening, um, you probably know about Romania, but uh, I grew up in a communist country. We had a dictator for president. We didn't always have what we needed. And just by listening to other people's stories, I don't feel like my story is that heavy anymore just because I meet all these people that are on my podcast and just in real life that I'm like oh my god your story is fucked up like, you mean mom, you meet other you meet other successful quote-unquote yes. successful people that exactly. also had a hard upbringing yeah exactly and I'm like oh my god I'm embarrassed to say but you know everybody has their own story so for me growing up not having everything that we needed you know like heat in the winter having to walk to school and snow up to like your chest and uh not having the basic necessities. I remember having hot water once a week for a few hours for like two to three hours. And they would, mm. they would put a schedule in our building. They would say, okay, Thursday, you have hot water from like two to four. So everybody would, I mean, we would obviously like clean ourselves during the week, but um, you know, that was the time where you're like, okay, I want to take a bath. And you'll meet a lot of Europeans that are just obsessed with baths. And mm -hmm. I think that's what it is. And you come to US and everybody has a shower. I'm like, where is the freaking bath? Like, I want to take a bath. But can, um, we, can, can we stop there for a second? Because yeah, I think there's some funny stories. Like, so growing up in Africa, we didn't have showers either. And so like, you know, I was 16 when we came back. I had never showered. I go to like public school and they're all showering together. And I'm like, what? Like, you know, <laughs> like it was just we would, you know, it, it might sound gross to some people, but I don't really care what it sounds like. We would like spend so much time boiling water and getting it hot to take a bath that 
it was probably like you know mom would take a bath then one of us would take a bath like we're gonna we would probably double use the water you know oh, it was just absolutely. it was oh we did that plenty of times they don't mean a hundred percent i mean you can't waste the water and to top yours maybe you did the same we would use the same water uh for like toilet water because now I, you already had the tub full of water and there were days when we had absolutely no water so you would use that you know for your fill up the toilet there to flush it down absolutely yeah yeah and so like you know simple things like that people will be like like i like hot tubs now and it's not maybe for all the reasons that everyone does but for me it reminds me just like i liked being and the bathtubs were never big enough for me you know like at six three like at least now it's just you know tubs are small <laughs> here in the u.s but like a hot tub feels like it's that comfort thing for me i don't know yeah. it just feels like growing up and like how many people have lived without electricity you know or uh but those were common things growing up yeah in Romania. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love that you're able to relate to that because most people that I talk to, I mean, not that this comes up in conversation. I don't even think I've ever mentioned this on a podcast. The fact that like we used to wait for water and take a bath once a week. Uh, we used to do the same thing. We would heat up water and you can imagine how hard that was in winter because the, you know, the apartment was not heat up. Like most of the time we would have like just a little uh, space heater and uh, we would make sure that one room was warm enough mm -hmm. that we could all hang out. And then, you know, when it was time to go to sleep, like we were so cold and we would have all these like super heavy blankets on us. And but again, you know, it wasn't just me, it was everyone around us that was kind of living in the same thing. So like our our happy times was like for Christmas um, when we would get, you know, and I know it sounds silly, but like we would get like oranges and bananas. That was like a privilege. Like for us to get that, we're like, wow, like this is amazing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, for Easter, we would get one new set of clothing. So that is that what you're getting your son this year? Oranges and apples? Is oh that my what he's God. getting? This kid has so much that he's like, Mommy, can you order me something from Amazon? This is what I want. He's five years old. I'm like, sending you links. You know? yeah, exactly. Next thing you know, he's going to order himself. He's like, Oh, do you push this button add to cart? I'm like, uh, Yes, but don't push it. Who knows what he, I'm going to wake up at the door with because, you know, the information is all there. But um, no, I think I'm definitely overcompensating the fact that I didn't have much. And it comes a point where it's like, okay, when is it too much? I don't want to spoil him to the point where he doesn't understand. But also, you don't want your kids to, to go through what you went through. You just, you know, hope that protect they protect them from that. Yeah. You just yeah. hope that they're going to turn out fine. I mean, I, I, I do work a lot. I, I spend a lot of my time working and, uh, yeah going back to Romania. Romania was was definitely interesting. It was a period of my life that um it was tough and it just didn't feel like a place where I want to spend the rest of my life in. So I've always looked forward for ways to get out of the country. Even though nobody that I knew had gone to US, it was just kind of a dream that I built up in my head. I would go to sleep every night and picture this amazing country my dad used to tell me about. He's never been, but what he's heard was that it was amazing. So I would go to sleep in my, you know, I would think of all these things and I was basically visualizing. I didn't know what that meant. But now looking back, I'm like, oh, my God, I was totally visualizing and manifesting a completely new world. It's just because I was a kid and I wasn't, you know, I didn't have a mentor or anybody to direct me on how I can achieve this sooner. It took me many years to finally uh, get to that dream of coming to U.S. And once that happened, uh, my whole my whole world changed. Yeah. And I think that um, just speaking to that to our listeners, like something that drives me um, is I was American. So, you know, coming back, I was born in Montreal, uh, but raised in Africa from when I was about three. So, you know, but we were coming back and forth. We'd come back to raise money. I'd stay with my grandparents or something for six months and we'd go back. So I never really like went to school or anything like that. Um, but it was there's this pride in being an American, like as we go through all this crap that we won't even have to get into. Um, but it was just like when we were abroad, America is looked at from the other parts of the country or other parts of the world with just this hope, you know, like we are better than or there's like the ability to be an entrepreneur or create a dream or like, you know, that that American dream thing, you know, is real. And there's a there's a big part of me that's when I'm abroad, we're representing that to a lot of people, you know, and so I get disappointed when our country is anything less than that to to everyone. Uh, because when you realize what that means to families that are 
huddling in front rooms in the cold in Romania or other parts of the world. And you understand that sometimes just the hope of a better life somewhere else without so much struggle and pain and is enough to like, you know, keep people going. And so when we fall short of that, and we have people here just bitching about, uh, you know, lines at Walmart or something, I just get a fire inside of me that still remembers those times. And like, you know, the fact that we can, I could go shower for two hours, I think where I'm at now, you know, like my heater will just keep heating up water. So it's just like, those little things like that dream you had as a young girl, to be in the US and manifesting that, you know, I would like to believe that there's a lot of little girls across the world that are, you know, kind of doing the same thing. And so it's on us to not let them down. Oh, my God, that is so beautiful, Andrew. I love that. And, you know, I one thing that's, that stuck with me is um, the gratefulness, like every single day, even though I've been in US now for close to 18 years, I wake up every day being thankful that I'm here. You know, I, I never wanted to lose that because it's easy to get lost in your everyday life. And, you know, like you said, bitch about a Walmart line, right? And like, it's very easy to fall into that trap of I deserve this. Whereas, for me, I always think, my God, I am so grateful, like, you know, to be able to drive the car that I want to be able to see the ocean. I'm in San Diego, California, for those who don't, who don't know. So, you know, every day, like if I am on my way to see a friend and they just happen to, li uh, to live by the beach, I'm like, oh my God, like how beautiful. And I'm always in awe of this beauty that I've, I didn't get to see when I grew up. And the fact that I get to see it now it reminds me of how blessed I am. Like my grandma, um, she passed away a long time ago from my mom's side. She's never even left her town. I think the furthest she's ever been was like in my city, which was maybe 20 minutes away. But she never got to experience the beauty of what an ocean looks like or even a sea or the mountain. Um, because, you know, they lived even in tougher times than when I grew up in Romania. Like when I grew up, we were already amazing, right? Because we did have a place to live and uh, we did have electricity. We did have hot water, even though it was coming once a week. Whereas for my grandma, she had eight kids, no electricity in the village. Everything was heated with wood. Uh, she would have to, you know, cook all the time and clean and do all these things and not have diapers. Uh, she would use just like rags or shirts or what I don't even know what they used back then and even um my grandpa you know he used to go to work but he used to work for the cooperative which is like the town's cooperative in a sense so everybody in the town was working for the cooperative yeah. and the way they were working is like you do this like land work and your payment is a kilo of potatoes um a kilo of sugar a bottle of oil like this was the payment back then so I can't even imagine that's what I'm saying when I grew up we were already elevated we were already living in paradise if you really think about it so you know for me to see that for my grandparents and then my parents and us living in Romania and now where I'm at right now I'm like oh my god it feels like 100 years apart a thousand years apart yeah, I lived then. like the internet wasn't a thing. And now here we are speaking, you know, thousands of miles away, and we're able to create this amazing income online without leave living our, our apartments or our homes. Like how amazing and how far we got like this, I am so blessed. Like, how can I not wake up every morning and, and say thank you? This is I live in a miracle. Yep. And I think that that's where we were as 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 a struggle as maybe our upbringing was in different ways compared to like the average San Diego American or Kansas City American, you know, uh, we were also blessed because we have the gift of perspective that they will never have. And, uh, you know, the ability to overcome and understanding where we come from and where our parents were, our grandparents were um, and the privilege we have that you have to give to your son. Um, you know, that's something that we have that someone that hasn't like you talked about those founders and the people you're talking to that are successful that have all had these, these stories. Um, you know, without that story, it's so it's so true. But it's like, you know, that is how you you become who you need to be, you know, and um, as philosophical as that might sound or whatever, it's like, you know, those are the things that when I'm looking back now, and I'm going through the, the areas of my past that need some work, 
you know, or that need to be touched or processed or whatever the case might be. I'm just going to them with kindness and gentleness and basically being like, you know, these things were difficult times. What did I learn there that's changed, that's like formed me to be the man I am today? Um, you know, seeing my dad cut up tire strips into a belt to use in the Jeep in the middle of the jungle because like he couldn't have us kids like sleeping out in the dark in the jungle. So he improvised and cut up a tire and like turned it into a car belt. Those are the kinds of things that make entrepreneurs, right? Like the ability to just, man, pivot or come up with something out of nothing or back against the wall. And, you know, so many of those skill sets were because of the difficult times that that challenged us and sharpened us. Um, I want to push your story along just a little bit. So you came to the U.S. about 18 years ago. Same for me, actually. Um, very close, maybe 17 years. So we've been here about the same time. Wow. Um, but you come over here, like, obviously, your at least your grandparents were entrepreneurs because they were part of the cooperative. I understand kind of what that's like. It's kind of like being part of the church, like if you're in that way. Um, was it something that you just like, you know, from childhood was like, I'm going to get out of Romania. And that probably means business ownership, like kind of thing. I know we're in Amazon now. But when you first came to the US, was it school? Like, how did you first get into business, I guess, as much as you want to share? Sure. So um, in Romania, I mean, I, I feel like for me, the next goal was get out of Romania. It was never like, oh, my God, I'm going to become the CEO of a certain company. I wasn't even thinking that far. It was how do I get out of this country one and everything else will follow. So I found this nanny program. It's called Au Pair. Okay, it's part of it. Change program where families in the U.S. Uh, sponsor uh, somebody from another country to come here for a year and study, go to school, but basically take care of their kids. And that was my ticket to coming to Romania. So as I said, you know, my main goal, and I was so laser focused on that, that nothing else could, could drift me away from it. And as you can imagine, it wasn't easy because I was the, I had no English. Um, I was 20 years old. I was very naive. I didn't know anything about the world, but what I knew was that once I go, I get to America, I made it. Like, I don't know why I had this feeling of, I just need to get there and everything will be fine from that moment on. So I put all my focus on it and I got to America and I was a nanny and I, I was focused at that point of sending money back to my family because my dad had to borrow money to send me in this program. It was uh, $1,000, which it doesn't sound like a lot, but at that time it was somebody's salary for a whole year maybe more. So, you know, to be able to pull that off and um, have that money ready, my dad had to borrow. So I worked a whole year to be able to send that money back. I was, I was only paid $140 a week uh, for like 40, 50 hours work here. And uh, I pretty much saved all of it until I, I was able to have my dad pay the loan. And then my next focus was, okay, now I'm here. How do I bring my family here? Because okay, now I'm here, but my family is still struggling in Romania. So my next goal was bring the family here. I was still wasn't thinking I'm going to get into business or do this, do this. But you see how your goals kind of change once you reach it. And um, so I, uh, I did what I could. I met some people. They were able to like sponsor my parents to come to U.S. And then I got my, um, my sister and then lastly, my brother. So once they were all in U.S., then I was able to start thinking for myself, okay, now what is it that I want? And the one thing that I really wanted that I thought was going to be useful was to get my college degree in US. So it was all these goals that I kept putting that seemed impossible, you know, years ago. But I knew once I, I get one done that I can focus on the other. So then I was able to get my college degree. And I'm like, okay, now what? Now I have a college degree. And I did it mostly uh, because I, I realized how important it was at that time to be a college graduate in U.S. Like people look at you differently. They talk to you differently. Also, the possibilities of getting a job. I wasn't even thinking I will ever own my own business per se. I mean, I've always been interested in making money and I've always had, um, you know, very open mind when it came to money and this exchange, this energy exchange, because that's all there is. And um, I never thought money was bad, even though I grew up in a country where it's like, oh, if you have money, you're a terrible human. For me, it was like, no, if I have money, I can help my family. If I have money, I can buy whatever I want. I can buy food. I can buy 
10 showers if I wanted to, you know, so I never had that bad relationship with money, even though everyone around me did. Uh, so, you know, once I got my college degree, I mean, there were there were different jobs that I did, like, I, I cleaned houses at some point, you know, just here and there to make extra cash. Um, I was being a nanny again, here and there just to make extra money because I really wanted to become independent and have my own place outside of the families that I was working for. And um, eventually I uh, decided to learn real estate because I was like, okay, this seems like a good opportunity for me because I love people. I love spending my time with people and um, I can, I can serve them the best I can. And I studied that like it was like my life depended on it, like a lot, like to the point where I would dream at night about like all these answers in real estate. And for those who have studied real estate, it's, it's another language. Like it's completely a complete new language. Like I didn't know what easement was and I didn't know like all these terms that I even forgot now because I don't do it anymore. Um, but I did it and I started making some real money and I was like, oh my God, like you can actually make money by by creating something. And it wasn't like a salary position compared to everything else that I've done before. You know, before I was like, okay, working as a nanny, you'll make $8 an hour. I knew exactly after five hours, how many, how much money I'm going to make. Whereas with real estate, it wasn't salary, it was all commission where most people will try to stray away from because they're like, they need to know that they're getting that monthly fixed income, which is people on the wheel, by the way. But for me, I was like, no, I'm going to see what I can do and how much money I can make. So I did that for a while and it was fantastic. I did really, really great at it. Um, and again, it is because of the relationship that I have with people and they trusted my opinion and they they and I trusted them. So it was a, a beautiful relationship where I was able to help them and I was getting monetary, um, you know, rewards, rewards in, in return, which was great. So I did that. And then um, I moved to Africa. <laughs> I mean, I'm jumping a few steps, but I don't want to get into too much. But um, I, I moved to Africa with uh, with my husband at that time, um, moved to Africa for uh, Rwanda for a year and a half. And then after that, we moved to Burma for a year and a half. So three years I was out of out of U.S. And it just kind of reminded me of like being in Romania again. I mean, obviously very different uh, scenarios and different people and different culture, but uh, in the same sense of like, you know, third world country, people struggling and he brought back all these like energy and memories. And I'm like, oh my God, like I'm, I'm here in the space. Um, but it was, a, it was a very good experience for me to remember that there's other people struggling, but I wanted to bring this up because it ties into how my Amazon journey started. Um, because the, because Amazon was actually the only company that was able to ship products to us overseas. Like if I wanted to buy something from Walmart or Nordstrom or whatever, you name it, they wouldn't be able to deliver it. Even though we had like a like a military PO box that should be easily you know transferable, but no, Amazon was the only one, and it started. It got me thinking: How is this company doing this extra step for consumers and not all the other ones? So it really made me think: Like, okay, they're doing something amazing. They really care about their their shoppers. How can I be part of it? Mm. How can I be part of it? Like, what is it? there I can do to make some money with it. And for me, internet money was never really a real thing. I was like, sure, yeah, you're a consultant at home. Like, what do you consult on? Like, it was, my mind didn't make, it, also because I grew up in Romania. Like, if you go in a land and you work, you get some money. Like, where is all this money coming from, from the internet? How how can people pay you for something that's not real, right? And mm -hmm. kind of the same thing is happening now with like crypto and NFTs. I'm like, Oh my God, what is going on? Anyway, we'll have to get into that another episode, but I feel like I'm at the same place where I was like, okay, internet money. So just, just to show you how, when you focus your intention on something, the universe will kind of conspire around that idea. And next thing you know, I have somebody messaging me saying, Isabel, I know, you know, you've lived in America for so long. Amazon is like doing this great things. I'm in Europe. Do you think you can help us list our store on Amazon? I was like, absolutely. I, at this point, I know zero of Amazon, right? But I'm willing to learn. I'm like, of course we can do it. Let's do it. And, um, you know, I helped the guy like create a listing. How did I do that? Just by looking at all the other listings. Let's take pictures. Okay. How did the other people do it? And, um, you know, it wasn't like a paid gig or anything. I just wanted to help if I could. And 
next thing you know, this was like eight years ago. So next thing you know, he puts his store online and he just starts making money, like real money. Imagine eight years ago, picture with your phone, I listed like one product and they were just making bank. And he's like, oh my God, Isabel, thank you so much. I have another friend. Do you think you can do the same for him? Of course, absolutely. Of course. And I, I remember, I think he paid me like, I don't know, a few hundred bucks. And I'm like, oh my God, internet money is real. I'm rich now. Like, you know what I mean? He had that feeling of like, oh my God, I can actually create something for myself and make some money myself. And I'm helping people. And the next thing you know, that person recommended me to somebody else and somebody else and somebody else. And, um, you know, that's how Rangball was created. But in the beginning, we were basically just doing kind of quality control for these products. So because uh, they were all ordered in China, they would send them to me and I would give them like real feedback on, okay, this is uh, how the product is packaged before it gets to Amazon and they start, you know, getting in trouble. And, um, you know, by doing all these quality control products, we realized that every time somebody orders a product on Amazon, the ranking moves up especially then when there was basically, there were not very many competitors. And uh, I realized that could be like actually help somebody. Gamify, you know, it, yeah. it can be turned into a business. So even like the term search, find, buy, like I discovered it like years ago before it was even a thing um, because it just makes sense. Like you search for a product, you find it and you buy it. And it kind of became a whole business around a, um helping all these Amazon sellers rank their products to page one. And it's more relevant now in today's world than ever because of how big the competition is around Amazon products. There's just so many me too products that if you, if you don't stand out in any way, and if you're not on page one, it's going to be extremely, extremely hard for you to, to make it, to actually get the sales that you need to be able to like work from home, to have that laptop st uh, lifestyle that people are looking for. No, thank you for sharing all of that. Like, just to add to that last part, what I would say to like listeners, um, one, there's so much of our story that's exactly the same uh, or very similar from being new to America and wanting to be educated. Like, that's why I went to school was simply because I'm like, you know, I don't know that much about anything. And I want to like, you know, have some of this under my belt. I'm the first to get a degree in my family, um, you know, to real estate, to Africa, uh, to, you know, all, how I found Amazon and people asking me and making $300 on a project and being like, Oh my God, internet money. That's so um, funny. And guys, just so you know, we, me and Andrew, we never talked about this. I mean, I knew we talked about you being in Africa and you share some stories on my podcast, but, uh, this is not stage guys. This is happening real life right now. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, that's just, I was just lighting up. Cause I'm just like, that was exactly how I, you know, I, work with my sisters and I brought my whole family here to Kansas City. Um, they weren't in Romania, but uh, they were across different parts of the US and, you know, brought us together. And it just became what's next? What's next? It started with me, I need to get like stability for myself. And then I got stability for one sister. And then, you know, so so much similarity it just makes me smile. Um, you know, I think whenever you grow up kind of tough, you like when you realize that if everything is stripped away, like what do you have? And you have, you know, your family, uh, whether it's chosen or, um, you know, blood. But saying all that back to Amazon, I don't want to I don't want to bore our listeners too much with my story that they've already heard. But, um, you know, back to Amazon and the search find buy. And, you know, I've been in the space like 10 years ish, you know, and it was the thing is, is that people are having a hard time, just like we're like NFTs and crypto, we have to wrap our head around something new. A lot of Amazon sellers um, are simply having a hard time adjusting to the reality of what it is now, you know, like in the early days of the internet, just like in crypto, you could get crypto Bitcoin for a dollar, we all know that. And you know, you can be like, well, it's worth $57,000 now. Uh, but I remember when it was a dollar. I remember that I didn't understand it. I didn't buy it. I didn't understand it. Right. So on the Amazon side, um, you know, just what was capable in 2014, 15 isn't the same. Now you have to be just like the rest of the markets, like traditionally to be a good business, you need to have brand and reputation and have a story behind your brand and have good customer service and provide value. And all those things are a must now, now that the internet has aged a bit and that's all that's happened, you know, the difference in competition. And that's why people are going international. Um, 
it's not just sourcing a product and having a low price anymore. You know, it's about creating a brand that people care about and they want to interact with and they want that authenticity piece. Um, you know, so to everyone listening, it's not that like Amazon is not a great time to to launch on Amazon or to get started on Amazon or it's too late. It's simply not the same um geography or whatever you want to call it. it's not the same landscape as it used to be when we would take pictures i was literally taking iphone pictures with i would go to like chrysler dodge jeep and because i found out that if we listed mopar parts which are like the oem parts from the dealer i made a I made a deal with the dealership let me get access to your parts because only they could get mopar parts i came in i took my iphone and we took i took pictures of every part like in the bag and put those up on amazon um, you know, we're doing millions of dollars in sales from my iPhone photos. Uh, just like, you know, that's how it was back then. And now we're doing crazy elaborate stuff that we spend thousands of dollars to get a listing, you know, to the same level. Um, but it's so cool hearing it come from just a little bit different angle, but the same, the same kind of trajectory. Um, and then seeing like, oh, so they got rid of review manipulation. Okay, like, but some of those things still apply, like buying them and ranking them and average order value and keyword ranking and uh, all those kinds of things were like things that were left over that those of us had to figure out, you know, and no one was, no one was putting out content on it. No one was saying, hey, even though you're looking at other listings that were doing good, if you were doing that, eight years ago, let's say that's 2014 or 15, like I was working then too, there weren't a lot of great listings. So, you know, there wasn't a lot to copy, you know, that we're doing great. It was just like, we were figuring it out. Um, so I guess one question I had, and then back to it. Well, first off, let's pause for, for a shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, fullscale.io, helping you build software teams quickly and affordably, like a rank bell in a lot of ways. Um, you know, if you're looking to develop a software, looking to boister your team, fullscale.io is a good place to start. But talking about real estate, so we talked about you going to Africa. I'm sure there was like a relationship there and maybe the dynamic changed. Why didn't you go back to real estate, um, you know, after your time in Burma and Rwanda? And instead you found the internet and you found Amazon and you wanted to be a part of that. But was real estate just like something that it'd been successful, but you were done with it, you know, and wanted to find something new or was, did life just take you there? What kind of happened there? So, um, I, uh, I did real estate in San Diego in California, but then we had to move to all these places. So there was no way for me to continue that. I mean, where was I going to sell real estate in Africa? Right. Um, and then, you know, since I discovered that I actually, I still have my license active, you know, every few, so many years you have to pass a test and, you know, I got so attached to it that every time that test come, I'm like, I have to do it. I have to do it. I cannot let this go. It was so hard for me to get that license that I think I will forever be a real estate licensee in in california okay so i'll always keep it and uh it was just uh you know a part of my life at that point and it, it's still great but it's so different when you are able to create something that helps a lot more people on a bigger scale and i feel like the internet does that so my my main goal in life was always to become financial free and i recently I had changed that in a way because I finally realized what my purpose is in life and in this world. And I can share that with you if you're interested. But, you know, for the most part, I wanted to be financially free. And if I wanted to be financial free, I knew that there was going to be thousands and hundreds of thousands and millions of other people who want to do the same thing. So yeah, I can sell houses and make a person happy at a time and, you know, make 20, 30, maybe 50 grand commission um, or more in some cases, or I can help somebody change their whole life by helping them with the simple model that Amazon has blessed us with. I mean, you know, you look at Amazon and, you know, some people hate it, some people love it. We, in the end, everybody has issues with it, but, you know, the, at the end of the day is what makes all of us money, whether you're a seller, whether you're an agency owner, uh, whether you run a PPC company, whatever you do in the end is because of Amazon that we're able to share our gift with the world and help yeah. other people create financial success and financial independence in their life. So I'm just so blessed to, to even have discovered the space when I did at that time and still 
be relevant today because as you know, businesses change all the time. And, um, you know, one thing I want to talk about Rank Bell, if you'd allow me, is the direction where Rank Bell is going. So because you mentioned like review manipulation and rank manipulation, which is, you know, still very much a, a very important topic in Amazon, because when people are looking to use services uh, such as mine, they may think, oh, my God, you know, I, I know search by and by it's kind of you know, in the gray area, and what are we going to do with it? So I decided uh, for the sake, not only for my company, but for those clients that I help to change a little bit directions. And um, I came up with an amazing service that's going to launch uh, within the next month or two. And you didn't even know about this. I was waiting to talk to you to tell you, but we're actually going to go kind of back to basics when I first started and actually give the seller access to all this amazing data from the buyers. So as both of us know, and probably most of your listeners know, when somebody's looking for a product to sell on Amazon, they would first look on Jungle Scout or Helium 10 to see how much money a product is making. It's like, oh, great. This one is making 50 grand a month. This is my product, right? Next thing they do, once they find a supplier and they work with them on pricing and all that, uh, they look at the one-star reviews, right? They're like, okay, how can I make this product better than the competition? So they'll skim through all the one-star reviews and create their product based on that. And then the way they know how to fix it later down the road is by receiving one-star reviews. So here I am challenging that for those listening and Amazon sellers all over the world. Why in the world would you ever want for somebody to give you a one-star review for you to fix the situation fix any problem you have on your product so what we are doing at right mm. we are going i know you're going and i'm getting excited you okay, love it don't you i know yeah, i've been yeah. thinking about this for months and i'm like you know what it's finally time to take action on this so basically what i'm doing that nobody by the way is doing in the amazon business in the amazon space right now is i will actually give a seller a report on how their product is doing guess on based on what not what us in the amazon space think it's right but how about we give the voice back to the buyers? So every time somebody orders your product, it's like, okay, Andrew, you scored two on packaging. Guess what? You should be able to score more. Then you're able to go back to your manufacturer and say, hey, you know, the packaging is like this or this or whatever the case may be. And then next month, you can see that now you're scoring on packaging maybe four. You can also see in relation to the how your sales are doing. So we will never have to wait for somebody to give us a one-star review. We're going to be able to give you those reports monthly every single week or every single day as they come in with these things that you are doing great or not in business. Most of the successful companies, Andrew, that we know of, Coca-Cola, Adidas, Nike, uh, Clinique, Estee Lauder, Chick-fil-A, for God's sake, all of these, guess what they do right? they always ask for the customer's response because me and you and the PPC agency owners and that person and that guru and that guru, we can only contemplate and, and just think of what the consumer is saying. Oh, the, the consumer wants to see great seven pictures on your listing, right? They want to see it under this lighting and they want to see the bullet points. They want to see, but that's not enti entirely true. Yes, this is what attracts me to a listing. I'm an Amazon shopper. I buy all my shit on Amazon. Legit, I think 95% of my purchases in life are on Amazon. Like, it is what it is. But guess what I do? I do that first part. I see the images. First of all, I, I only buy on page one. I don't know if anybody else has the time to go on page two and three and ten. Uh, maybe they have more time than me. But for me, I usually go to page one. I see the pictures, the good ones, the good quality. But guess the second thing what I do? I Reviews. go and see the actual pictures from Mary and Joseph and uh, Jack and see, oh, so this is what it actually looks like, right? So I'm looking for a real buyer's expression. I want to see what it looks like. I want to see what they're saying. And you're right. Some people go to the one-star reviews, especially if the pricing is, you know, let's say a little uh, higher than like $50. If it's just like $10, $20, most people don't even look at it. They need it right now. Even if they know it's a shitty product, they'll use it once or twice. They're like, it will do the job right now. Of course, as you go and you buy products that are like $50, $100, you will spend more time. And then at that point, you may go on page two and three just to kind of check. But for the most part, people look on page one. They see the pictures, they want to see the real uh, reaction from real buyers, and they look at one-star reviews. What if we can eliminate all of that before it even happens? 
So this is what Rangbell is moving towards. We're going to create a whole new perspective on this product because now we're not talking about just selling products on Amazon. We are talking about creating brands that last a lifetime or a brand that you may be able to sell to an aggregator in two, three years or a year. We are creating brands here, Andrew, right? We're not just selling me too products anymore. Because nobody else, nobody wants to see that anymore. You know, one time hit, yeah, it's great. But how do you create a brand when you get real feedback from your consumers that actually tell you how to create your product better? Damn. And that's why I had you on the show, Isabella. That was fire. And I'm excited for you because I think that's the best way to go. I really do. Like as a friend, I'm just like, that is an amazing area to go into. Um you know, it's something that we try to do with a million different things, right? We're trying to use PicFu. We're trying to use inserts. We're trying to use feedback emails to try to get that one-star review to come to us before they leave it. You know, exactly. we're trying to, we're buying brands and personally smaller brands and trying to fix up those things that are getting the one box review, yep. so to speak, you know, and try to improve those things. And so having a service that, um, you know, would give you real feedback on those. I remember like, and here's here's something that's that's interesting is like, we working, we're working a lot with manufacturers that are going direct consumer for the very first time, right? Like they're getting rid of distributors or resellers or wholesalers, um, or they're creating a brand just to go direct and leave all of those in place. There's a whole bunch of different moves, right? But um, a lot of times those manufacturers have never gotten actual direct feedback from customers on their products. Um, you know, it's been through the high V or the price shopper or the Stroud, like the grocery stores or the malls or whatever that are then giving like Best Buy's giving them feedback on on their stuff. Um, and now the manufacturers direct on Amazon or e-commerce, wherever, are literally getting a chance to talk to their customers um, and they're going in kind of blind. And like as someone that um, has improved our services over the years by just listening to what, you know, the brands need, what manufacturers need and know that it's improving it it seems almost like ignorant to me for a brand to not sell direct to their customers and know what's going on. Like in today's world, you need that direct, you know, that feedback loop. And so imagine um, being able to, instead of just stepping out and knowing if you're going to get blasted or like, like see what the market's like feedback is on this, you're getting live feedback in a loop that's like working well for you. I think that's an amazing, amazing idea. Um, so I'll be excited to be a part of that and see it come out. No, that's that's really cool to hear about it here. Um, and I think it's something that can stand the longevity. Like it's got longevity, uh, you know, to, to help brands, uh, not just today, but that's something that's like always a need. You know, it's always a need to be getting that feedback. Like I have a brand called Landlocked. I'm wearing a hat. You know, we cover things like equality and Kansas City Pride and different stuff like that. And it's really been a brand that I've gotten to practice on over the last 10 years that I don't have to get anybody's permission to try the things I want to try. And, you know, I've got crypto checkout on the website and just, you know, I try all the different things on this brand. And I remember like I wasn't competing for any of the brick and mortars um, locally, even though that's kind of the like ego bragging thing here in KC is like if you're in this store, you're in this store, different right. things. And uh, I just didn't care to play the game. And I was like, e-commerce is my thing. I'm going to sell to people that love Kansas City that are all over the U.S. I'm just going to sell to the guy that loves Kansas City that's in Florida. And, you know, um, but I remember how impactful it was when I did a, a Christmas pop-up shop. Um, you know, it was like, it was a big deal to me at the time. It was like 10K for the booth and 10K for the inventory. So I was like 20K in and didn't know if I'd make my money back. And, you know, all of those kinds of things when you're first starting out. But um, I was running the booth myself and I was literally listening just to customers like touch my shirts and touch my hats and my sweatshirts. And I remember how I felt there was good, bad and ugly. There was no one there that was like, you know, facetious or like vicious or anything. But hearing them touch my, oh, this is so soft. Oh, I love this design. Jimmy would love this or like. Oh, this is really super soft or this is, you know, you're getting that feedback. Oh, this, I wish the tag was removed or like, yeah. you're just hearing them like in that booth in that proximity. I didn't tell them I was the owner or the founder, you know, I just was like mm -hmm. working the booth and, um, the value that you get from being Massive. able to just like, yeah, get un, un, uh, alterated feedback from your customers Absolutely. is literally the key to success. So um, I'm super excited about this. I, I will tell you that I do want to get back to, to what you said. You said you've, you found a purpose in life and you'd share that with us if we cared to ah, know. So knowing, 
curious. <laughs> Knowing where Rank Bell is going, I feel like we've covered that. And for anyone that wants to know, we'll definitely let them know where to check that out. But, you know, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, trying to figure the same things out myself, like, and I've never heard anyone talk about the Amazon space moving into it because they wanted to help more people at scale. Although that's something that I very much enjoy out of my job and our team. I don't know that I've ever verbalized it like that. Um, tell me about that. Tell me more about that. Tell me where you're at with, with your goals. So, you know, for, for Amazon, I'm still doing that. And, um, you know, we were focusing on ranking products to page one. Um, and it's great. You get your product to page one, position one. And the question that I got literally nine out of 10 every time, but Isabella, now that you got me here, how do I stay here? And, you know, I would give them the answer that everybody does. Make sure your pictures are great. Make sure your listing is great. Make sure you have this, this, this. But in all reality, you never really know what can take you down, which is why we added this new thing where now not only we're ranking you to page one, but we're going to keep you there. And we're going to keep you there, not on my powers, but on the actual consumers, the buyers, those who actually are interested in your product. So um, with that being said, I'm still helping people becoming financially free and actually keep them there so they can grow. But my purpose in life is way bigger than that. So, you know, I love Amazon. And for those that are listening, you mentioned it. Amazon is great. You should get into it. I still think there's a lot more growth to happen. So don't be afraid. The only ones that should be afraid are the ones that don't want to be consistent and don't want to put in the work. Any type of business you choose, you're going to have to, you know, struggle. So, but you're struggling right now into eight to five and you come home and you just, you know, you're happier home. So you choose your struggle. You want to struggle in be you know sad and with all the work that you already have or be struggling and sad at times with a business running so you choose your struggle now I realized over the past um, and I we talked about this a little bit before going live but um, for the past two years and mostly for the past year I started asking myself all these questions like what am I doing on this earth I mean yeah money is great I love money told you that before like I will openly admit that I love money money's great money buys me everything I want but what is there else out there that I am not looking at and I believe that we all humans come here on earth to help other humans legit that's what I think so I you know knowing this in my head I was like okay so what is my contribution to this world what is it that I am put here on earth to do that will leave a legacy that will leave the earth better than I found it. And I realized that mine is to inspire people, to give them this, this flicker of light inside their hearts and their souls where they're like, you know what? I can do more. I am inspired to do more. And, you know, a lot of people are not awakened to, to this possibilities. You know, they are stuck in that, um, in that run of, you know, achieving the next job, the next career, uh, have more kids, get married, get a car, get a house. And it's like a, a very few people zoom out. You know what I mean? They Very few people zoom out and they can actually look at the big picture. And that's what I've been trying to do. And I think I have the ability from what I've been told and what I feel in my heart to inspire people, you know, especially with my story and your story and other people's story is if I can tell somebody that they have the power within themselves to change, to create a better life for themselves, even that one small thing is going to add value into my life. And if my goal now is to inspire a billion people to understand that they have this amazing power within themselves to become better at whatever they want. And if I'm able to achieve this on this earth at this time, I will be very happy. And that that is my legacy. And I realize that when you think of the bigger picture, like we are all here to support other humans, all of these little things that we're doing, you know, get more business, get more sales, uh, create that collab with that person. And then I'm stressed. And then I go to sleep and I'm depressed. And somebody said this about me. And when you zoom out, and you realize that it's really not all that serious, you have better perspective on what is going on. So yeah, as I said, Amazon is great. You know, I have a family, I have cars, I have my, I, you know, vacations or not, or fights with friends or whatever I have is just 
human things that we go through every day. But once in a while, zoom out and it's like, what is my bigger purpose on this life? And I think if we could all, all people on earth, if we could all zoom out in that sense and say, what is it that I'm here to do on earth without thinking financially, without thinking of anything, what anybody thinks, I think we can all find out what it is. Like I was talking to a friend today and, you know, I said to him, I, I think your purpose in this world is to make people laugh. Like he's just, he's a comedian. He's always been drawn to that. So you see, we all have that and we could all have the same one, you know, like you're inspiring people with your podcast, you know, you're, you're inspiring people with your story of being in, um, you know, an Africa and everything that we do. So you see, we all have a bigger purpose. It's just, we never really take the time to see what that is. And that purpose is bigger than Amazon. That purpose is bigger than all our houses and all the money that we have and everything that we have in this world. And I, you know, I discovered this about myself. I want to inspire people. I want to leave people better than I found it. I love that. I love that. And I, you know, I, on my Instagram, haven't been posting a lot of content just because I've been so inward this last year, I think, and just focused and having a lot of internal dialogue with myself instead of with others. Um, but if you look at my hashtags, it's the legacy chapter. And it's something that I've been, uh, you know, it's kind of one of my own hashtags that I've just had for the last few years as I'm building, um, you know, for the future and really feel like we're just, we're right in the middle of creating that legacy. Um, and what do you want it to be and how do you want it to be remembered? So super nice to be aligned with you. I love the Amazon space because it brings us together. And I know that, uh, I think we're on the cruise, the online seller cruise, uh, in February. So that will be fun. If anyone hasn't signed up or wants to look into that, um, Carlos, the wizard down in Miami is, is hosting an online seller cruise. Isabella is going to be one of the speakers there as well as myself. So that's going to be a lot of fun. I think that's at least the last, the next one that I know of um that we're on together but i will have all the information for rank bell um isabella what's the best channel for someone to to contact you if they're interested in the new service or the search find buy service or just getting a chance to know you and follow your journey um in case you can give them that little flicker of light that they need you know where can people contact you what's the best spot to get you Thank you for that. Uh, probably Facebook. I'm I'm pretty active there. Just Isabella Hamilton. And my name is spelled a little differently because, you know, Romanian. I-Z-A-B-E-L-A instead of S and double L. So just Isabella Hamilton. And you can uh, go to the website rankbell.com, R-A-N-K-B-E-L-L. Right now, it's actually down. Not it's not down like it's it's still working. I just took it down because we are you know rebranding and moving, pivoting towards this uh, more amazing service that is going to be encompassing a lot more than just ranking a product. And I think it would be it would it would be good for people to check it out at least if anything. I love it, and I'll, I'll be talking more about that. I'm sure we'll probably do some kind of case study together or co webinar so we can learn more about that service uh, with Marknology. Once again, shout out to our sponsor for today's episode, Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Isabella, I could talk all day, but we're going to sign off. Thanks again for being on the show. Thank you. My pleasure. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. Cause no one can do it like we do it like we do it.